0: morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. I'm your host, Greg. You know, I need to start getting back on schedule. I've been lazy. I'm waiting too long to just express these thoughts that I have. And sometimes I feel like this is something I want to do, so I got to keep doing it. So um, just a couple things I wanted to um, talk about in this episode. I wanted to talk about um, some of the things that's going on with Russell Westbrook in the NBA Um, An NFL player got suspended for a year. But I want to start off um, with the epic matchup between the UNC Tar Heels and the Duke Blue Devils. This was um, legendary coach Mike Krzyzewski's last home game ever. And it's only befitting that it happens against the epic rival Tar Heels. And um, personally, myself, I thought this was going to be a game where they beat us by 20 a month ago. I thought it was going to be worse. My goal was to just keep it under 20. in a loss, that is. And um, shockingly, in this game, as it began to unfold, I just kept seeing North Carolina hang around, hang around, and hang around. And then in the second half, like I would say, with under 10 minutes to go, you started getting a vibe like, nah. This can't really, and then under five minutes, not only did the North Carolina have a lead, they started to build on the lead, and um, it was I was shocked, man, that UNC wound up pulling up the upset victory, ninety four to eighty one. Um, one thing that I didn't like in the game is that they had a ceremony afterwards for Soszyski, and they decided to pan to a lot of the college students, not a lot, but some of the college students, and some of them were crying. This is. I hope this doesn't become a trend because I am a Duke hater. I am a self-proposed. I hate Duke. I'm not. I'm happy that they lost. I want them to lose every. I want them to lose. Be the number one seed in the tournament and lose the first game. That's how much I hate Duke. But I don't need to see the students crying. That's just a little beyond and a little hurtful. You know, it's like a legend last game. It hurts that you lose, and it stings that much more that it's to your rival. And then I got to see them crying. As much as I I hate the program, I respect the coach. I respect Duke. I think they're a great program. I think he's an all-time great coach. I don't need to see them crying like that. But um, it was a good game. I'm not going to get into the, 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 the technicalities of why I thought one team won and why I thought the other team lost. I thought it was a good game overall. And um, we'll see what happens come ACC tournament as well as the big-time tournament, the NCAA tournament. Now, um, you know, wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for one year for gambling on the NFL. And this is a problem that could be a recurring problem because, you see, the NFL has said— that they're gonna suspend um a, they, in in a statement that the NFL released, they said that um Ridley gambled on games over um a long period of time. I'm sorry for that, uh, and that he gambled over a five day stretch in November of 2021 when he was on a non football list to address his mental health. And then shortly after it came out that Calvin was suspended, he said that he doesn't have a gambling problem. He said that uh, he was gambling on his app, on his phone, and it was $1,500. Now, with gambling becoming legal in so many states and professional teams partnering with a lot of these sports betting websites, you knew that this was going to happen. The guy is bored. He has nothing to do at home. He has a couple bucks in his pocket. So he said, let me just gamble on these games. Now, I don't know who's right or who's wrong here and how you handle this because the rule is there that none of these players could gamble. Why is it there? Because Calvin Ridley could have inside information on certain games that could benefit him financially. I don't know who he gambled on. I don't know what games he gambled on, but he went to Alabama. So there's damn near one Alabama, if not a couple, on every team in the league, meaning that he has a couple bros on every team. So he could call some of his bros on a team like, what y'all thinking today? Oh, man, nobody knows that so-and-so's hurt. Oh, man, y'all went out last night and the QBs hung over. He looked like he can't even throw the ball 10 yards. Bet, I'm going to bet against y'all. It's that type of insider information. Does that happen? I don't know. But what I'm saying is when you have access to that, that's why they don't want the players to gamble. And I could see that. But then on the flip side, why do you partner and make it so easy for them to access what you're trying to? Why even give these gambling sites the option to have the NFL gambling? We all know why. It's all about the dollar in the end. And this might be something where... You either, A, say y'all could gamble and use up all your damn money, or you can't do business with these guys. Because by continuing to do business, you're kind of saying it's okay. And he's probably not the only one that did it. It's like, you know, marijuana. A lot of players in the NFL do it. It's just about who's getting caught. So this guy got caught. Now, you can tell that he doesn't have a problem with gambling, that is. He did say he wanted to take time off for mental health issues, but he never specifically related it to gambling. At $1,500, maybe to the average person, that's a lot of money. But to an NFL player, that's lunch money. So, I mean, um, I hope that the NFL can rectify this situation and come to an understanding because if not, I could see this blowing up and more and more players are getting suspended for gambling. Now, what I really wanted to talk about was um, Russell Westbrook and what's happening with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, the Lakers aren't having the season that they wanted. They've suffered a lot of injuries. They are dealing with a lot of, how should I say, expectations that aren't being met. Right now, their record is 28 and 36 in uh, the Western Conference in the standings right now, they are ninth. They technically are not in the playoffs. They are in the playoff tournament, the playing round, I should say. Um, Now, people are making it seem like Russell Westbrook is taking a lot of the brunt of what's been going on this season. Uh, I don't know if it's Russell Westbrook or maybe it is, but some of the things that he's done over the past couple of days has really opened up a lot of eyes to the fans as well as, you know, the media and and I'm sure on the team. I mean, he came off after one uh, loss and pretty much said that there was no goal when he came to L.A. to play with the Lakers and that he's been on a couple of teams in the past couple of years and that every year to a completely new situation and he goes in with an open mind and just wants to play hard every night. Now, that sounds good and that's very politically correct. But when you are in the current NBA and you are a teammate of LeBron James, the 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 the, the absolute minimum is making the playoffs. The expectation is to, the the goal, the expectation is to, well, the expectation is to make the NBA Finals and the goal is to win an NBA championship when you're playing with LeBron James, period. And for him to come here to to LA and say that there was no expectation, that he just came and, I, I, I don't know if I could really believe that. When you look at the roster, right, you got players like Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, Avery Bradley, Carmelo Anthony. I mean, like, those are all, like, look at, think about, Russell Westbrook, future Hall of Famer. LeBron James, future Hall of Famer. Dwight Howard, future Hall of Famer. Anthony Davis, future Hall of Famer. Carmelo Anthony, future Hall of Famer. You got five guys on this team that are all future Hall of Famers. Now, I understand some, if not all of them, are past their prime, but you got five guys that are all going to the Hall of Fame. And you mean to tell me that the expectation wasn't to win the NBA title? I don't know about that one. And then now he's him and his wife are saying that the family's receiving death threats I don't think that's cool in any way where fans, look, we boo, we say you stink, you're playing like garbage, you're playing like trash. Boo, that's what we do. But you can't personally sit there and start attacking a man's family, you know? There has to be a line drawn. It just feels like we're beginning to live in a cancel culture or a the rules don't apply to me society. There's always rules, and the rules apply to everybody, not some of the people, some of the time, everybody, all the time. I agree with him. He came out and said, look, it's been a very rough year for him because now he's starting to receive death threats. That's that's wrong. That's going way beyond the line. But I will say this, not that that's okay, but you got a lot of fans riled up now. You mean to tell me I'm working hard, spending my hard-earned money, going to watch you guys, going to support you guys, and you sitting here talking about you don't take this stuff home with you and you don't care if you win or lose? Because that's the way it comes off. I'm sure he does care, but the attitude and the way he said it, it comes off like, look, man, I got my money. I make making $40 million a year. I'm good. And you see, that is the problem with the current state of this NBA because one thing that LeBron ushered in was that we're all friends, we're all cool. Let's dap it up and we're all going to go eat after this game, win or lose. You see, Kobe Bryant, when he was playing, yeah, there were players that he took underneath his wing and said, I'll give you some tips and hints. But I'll tell you this much, Kobe Bryant wasn't going out to eat with Kevin Garnett, right? I'm sure Kobe Bryant wasn't going out to eat with, with Ray John Rondo, Ray Allen. They're all teammates. I'm sure Kobe Bryant, I'm, he he was going out to, with, with Jordan to, to, to dinner only because they weren't rivals like that. Kobe just got in the league, started becoming a perennial all-star, and Jordan was on his way out, still winning chips. But you see, back then, it was a little bit more real because there was a rivalry. I'm trying to get at you. We ain't boys. We ain't friends. We enemies. But you see, right now, everybody's paid. Everybody's bros. Everybody's good. And I don't know if winning is the priority. It's almost like I got this money. I'm going to go out there and play. If we win, cool. If we don't, I'm going to kick it in the club after the game anyway. I mean, you think a lot of, you know, when Jordan was in the league, there was a lot of rivalries. Obviously, the Bulls and the Knicks. Charles Oakley didn't a lot like a lot of guys in the NBA. And people always wondered, why would he go out to dinner with Jordan after games when they were rivals? You know why those two could go out and eat? Because those two were teammates. Oakley was drafted to the Bulls when Jordan was already there. See, there's one thing if it's like... We're bros because we were teammates, as opposed to now we're just boys just to be boys. And I know with player movement, there's a lot of teammates that that, that relationships that 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 formulate. But it just feels like that tenacity that I want to just kill the next team is not there. I just feel like we just gonna go out and shoot a couple threes and that's it. Because you got players like Magic Johnson saying that if the Lakers don't make it out of the playoff round, that the acquisition of Russell Westbrook would be the worst trade ever in Lakers history. You got guys like Shaq preaching his disappointment in what he's seeing and hearing out of the players from L.A. And Charles Barkley, you know, he always got something to say. He doesn't even call in the Lakers. He calls in the team from Southern California. This is what I'm talking about, man. You And when Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, was alive, he actually loved and appreciated Russell Westbrook's game and his style of play because he was a dog. He went after it. He gave it to you all. Do you think Kobe Bryant was the type of player to sit there and say, I see myself in Russell Westbrook? To know that Russell Westbrook was okay if they didn't win or lose and there was no goals. I don't think he foresaw that. I don't think he foresaw that. Now things could change. These guys are all good. But in the end, Russell Westbrook is still a great player. He's still gonna go to the Hall of Fame. Most importantly, he's gonna get it, he, he's gonna get his money. But this was just a misstep to where now, as oftentimes in the times that we're living in, there's always a whipping boy in the media. Somebody got to say something dumb. Somebody got to say something stupid. Somebody has to do something to potentially be canceled. Russell Westbrook isn't going to get canceled. He might not be on the Lakers next year. He's not going to get canceled. But he, for right now, is that dude. And it's unfortunate. Because... Now, the things that people are saying is, when you look at his career, there are a lot of good players that he played with. And things didn't work out. Do I think these guys could turn it around? The Lakers, Russell Westbrook? I hope so. Because a lot of these teams, I don't think that the Lakers will win the championship. But in terms of making the playoff, I hope so. And winning the playoff, I hope so. Because I'll tell you this much, um, in that Western Conference, it's Minnesota, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Pelicans that would have to play. And the Clippers, they're about to have work. The Timberwolves, I don't know if the Timberwolves could uh, could could beat the Lakers. That might be a winnable series for the Lakers. And the Pelicans, the same thing, but you never know. You never know. Now you got the uh in the Easter conference in the NBA. You got a lot of shifting each game, each night it feels like it means something. The Bulls are on a five game losing streak at one in the in the Easter conference. Now they're the four seed. Where you got teams like the Milwaukee Bucks who have won six out of their last um four um ten games. Now they've moved up to the three seed. You have the streaking Celtics. Who have won eight at their last 10 games and are now moving steadily up the Eastern Conference ladder. Now they're the fifth seed. I mean, it just feels like every night in the NBA is pivotal basketball because you just don't know who's going to win. And your team could be this seed this week and a bad week. They might fall into the playoff round. Who knows? But um, you know, there's there's more to be coming. Thank you for listening. And I want to end this episode with a positive quote. And my positive quote to you is this. Every day is a second chance to try to change and be the better you. Every day is a second chance to try again to change and be the better you. Let's all continue to strive to be the best versions of ourselves. Not for anyone else, but for ourselves. Because when people see the joy and the light come out of us, that then attracts the energy that we're seeking. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.